This is the John Oliver Podcast. Our goal is to help you think outside of the box or motivate you to pursue your goals. Hey guys, thanks for joining us. My name is John Oliver. Welcome to the John Oliver Podcast. As always, I'm joined by my producer and my director and the jack of all trades, Eli, my son. He's been sick, so how you feeling, man? Not great, but going through it. Good deal. So if you hear a cough or a sneeze or a hiccup or uh, a body hitting the floor in the background, it's probably Eli passing out. But no, he's not that bad, but... Hopefully not that. Hopefully <laughs> not that bad. So each and every week we have that question, what are you doing for the rest of your precious life? Today we're starting a new series on relationships. We're titling this one, The Drama Triangle. Uh, we hope for each and every segment that airs and inspires you to at least think of your own life and maybe push you towards taking action. So what the heck is the drama triangle? I'm going to get you the definition. The drama triangle is a social model of human interaction that was conceived by Stephen Cartman in the 1960s. So why do I want to talk about this? So let me, let me kind of help preface this a little bit. So this is about drama, obviously drama triangle. Drama seems to be such a big part of the human experience we spend a lot of time searching for solutions to problems. It's always problem based. Problems are off of the center of all of our, all of our lives, or we almost seek out the problem just so we can either solve it or be part of it. Um, we spread it, you know, there's gossip and it's always this negative condensation instead of fixing the problem. We're just being part of it. Um, we're here to make choices in our lives to create our lives. And I think that this is a good model to recognize in basic terms of where a lot of us fall. And a statistic that I saw is like 90% of the human race interacts in drama in everyday life, 90% of the time. There's only 10% of the time where we step away from the drama. We don't put make ourselves part of it. So... I I'm I want to educate a little bit about this and give you my perspective on this triangle. Um so do you feel like you're going through life with little to no choices? Um you might be part of this triangle. Um fear makes us act in so many certain different ways and fear is the root of all evil. Um, and I've talked about this before about the, the Will Smith video about him jumping out of the airplane and talking about fear and, and, and fear prevents us from achieving so many different things. So part of this triangle, obviously a visual in your head, top of the triangle, um, is the victim, <clears throat> the underdog. Um, this is that helpless, powerless, feel out of control. Um, life just can't change that you're stuck and you're always being dealt, dealt this bad hand and there's no way out of it. Um, they feel like you're not okay and everyone else is doing great. Um, you feel, you know, you're hopeless, uh, incapable, you're misunderstood. Um, and you seek someone to rescue you, um, or, or to just to be able to validate your opinions that, that you're right and that you, you know, I feel this way and I'm justified. So, you know, please agree with me. And there are people out there and that's, that's starting this, this triangle, this cycle that just continues around the triangle. A lot of victims will refuse to make decisions. They won't solve problems. Um, 
They don't get professional help. Um, they do self care. Um, and they have this changed behavior. Um, it's easier for most of us to stay the victim, um, than because you can just react to circumstances and events instead of really taking the time to determine what's going on with this problem and then understanding if you're being part of this triangle or not. Victim is at the top, then what's at the other two corners? Well, one corner um, is the persecutor. This is the attacker, the the, the bully, um, the person that, or it doesn't have to be a person. It could be a condition or circumstance. It's that thing or person that makes you feel like a victim that puts you, puts you out there. Um, you know, they believe that, you know, as a, they'll say that you're the, you're, it's your fault and you're not okay, but I'm okay. So you need to do what I tell you to do. And that's what a prosecutor does. Uh, but it doesn't have to be, uh, a persecutor can be, uh, a scale, especially when you're trying to lose weight at that, that actual fact number looking at you in your face, that could be part of, uh, being a, a persecutor. Um, some of the behaviors, uh, they're critical thinkers. Um, they put other people down. Um, they're bossy, uh, blames others, finger points. Um, they have that, they feel that anger or resentment towards others a lot. Um, fears of being out of control that, that they, the only way that they feel they can be in control is if they're blaming somebody else for wrongdoing. So they feel that they're justified because they're not the ones making the mistake. They can just easily point out who is and, um, they're rigid thinkers. They're not compassionate in any way. They're, it's a hard line. It's, it's right or wrong and there's no other way around it. Um, that's, that's the one of the, that's the second point of the triangle. And the third point is the rescuer. And I mentioned this earlier as being the rescuer is it's the enabler. It's, uh, it's that person that, uh, validates those feelings that, that the victim has. Um, well, you know, you need help and, um, you're not okay, but I am. So you need to, you need to do what I tell you to do, uh, that type of thing. And they support others at the expense of self. And it's just, um, again, it's that vicious circle. So the rescuer could also, doesn't have to be a person either. It could be, um, if we stick in the weight loss, if the scale is there, then, the rescuer is, is a diet plan or uh, a failed plan that was never even put into place <clears throat> and that it gives you that false hope. Um, the rescuer makes you feel guilty or gives you that uh, anxious or that starts that anxiety to build uh, more than what the persecutor does. It's uh, They build upon that and it, it, it expounds, it makes it, um, makes it bigger than it actually is. Um, and then, but you feel connected to the person, um, and capable when the victim is dependent upon the rescuer. So the rescuer is empowered, um, and you know, that you're a good deeds being done, but you're not really helping out. You're again, you're enabling her. Um, <clears throat> so thinking of examples, you know, gave you symptoms and emotions and things like that in my personal life, uh, I know one person that's all three of these, that they play that hat. Um, and a lot of the time it is uh, holiday time. It's family members and you interact 
and uh, Eli's shaking his head because he knows exactly the person that I'm thinking of. So plays the victim role. This is the person that you haven't seen in a while and you see them and they're immediately sick. They're ill. They're those, the hypochondriac that, um, I'm surprised they're not dead already because every time you've seen them that they've got the worst disease they've ever had before. And, um, you might've had it last week, but they've got it 10 times worse. Um, you know, this happened to them and they're just looking for that sympathy. Um, and if, uh, that doesn't work, then they change gears and they'll be that persecutor. So if, if they're not, if you're not enabling them or you're, you're not persecuting, uh, someone uh, other than them, then they'll switch roles and they'll jump in to be a persecutor. And it's like the role that one person I'm thinking of is, well, did you hear what this person did? You know, um, I can't believe they're not doing that. They, they didn't go to the doctor or, or, you know, they're not paying their bills or they're not, uh, controlling their finances. And, you know, this is going to happen. And I told them, but they're just going to be that way. And again, I don't join in. My my family doesn't join in. And then the role changes again. And they put the good guy hat on what they think. And they're, they're the rescuer. Well, guess who? I gave a ride to the doctor. Or, uh, you know, this person wasn't feeling good. So I went over there and I did this or I did that. And it it's, it's that role. It, it's unbelievable to see it. And I'm hoping that you know, this little podcast that I give and then, and you hear it, you do your own research, go out there and look at this. Cause all I'm trying to do is push you to open your eyes and you can, you know, you can say this is all uh, BS and this is, you know, just a theory or however you want to say it, but it opens your eyes and it helps you recognize who's playing these different roles. And then if you keep your mouth shut, then you don't, because you're, if you're afraid to be that persecutor, that rescuer, um, it helps you identify and pulls back a little bit. And, and that's what I've done. Um, you just, you just see those people. And I, I know the people that just set up in their corner and they're always going to be a persecutor. They're just mean, vicious. They just love to see people, um, not achieving goals and just being horrible and awful all the time. Um, and I know the rescuers and I used to be a rescuer. I just thought that I could fix everybody and that I'm handy and I'm, 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 I'm willing to help out and spend time and do this and that. And that's, you know, I'm not on that ship anymore. I do like to help, but I'm not, I'm not going to enable. Um, and then the victim, I try not to play that, but every once in a while I do. And I don't, I think you can't get away from it, but once you recognize that you're in it, you got to jump out. You got to get out of that triangle and break that cycle because the longer that you stay in that cycle, the harder it is to get out. Um, An example of that. So I had a friendship that lasted a couple decades and I had to end that relationship because the only time that we'd ever communicate, we're not in the same state. The only time that we'd ever communicate was to persecute somebody else. And they're, they're looking at me to be that rescuer, to enable them and to justify all of their negative beliefs about this person. And in the beginning, I thought I was helping. I thought, you know, they looked upon me to, to be a mediator of sorts and I tried to step out and I kept getting pulled back in. And then, uh, the friendship became, 
you know, secondary and, and wasn't even needed at that point. They were just specifically looking for that rescuer. And I just felt that at some point when you're in that triangle and that person, they're not getting out of it. And, and sometimes you can't pull them out of it. And that's not your job to do that. Uh, your, I think our job is, is to make sure that we don't get in the triangle with them. Um, and, and you can help, but you can't just go up to somebody and say, Hey, you know what? You're a victim. You know, that, that's not going to help. That's just going to cause another, another triangle, another drama triangle that you're not, you know, you're creating. So the best way, and I think and the, the other, the next podcast, we'll get into how, you know, how to help and get out or alleviate that. But four years of being a rescuer, um, and, and, an enabler. Um, and I try to be blunt of saying, no, you're wrong and you need to do this. And it just didn't happen. So I had to cut ties in the relationship in hopes that <clears throat> cutting me out will help them break the triangle because I didn't want to be part of that to, to further ruin the relationship that they had with the other person. So I thought their relationship is more important than the one that we had. So my choice was to break off that relationship um, in hopes that they would have a better one with the person that they're trying to persecute. And because it was four years of, of that triangled relationship, I don't miss it. Um, I miss a long time ago, uh, you know, five years ago, but since it was been five years ago, you don't have something for five years. You kind of not, you don't miss it as much. So anyway, it, it's very hard. The longer you let this go. So the, the easier, the faster you recognize it and get out the better, the better off you are. So how do you, how do you break this cycle? Well, I like this little quote, life lessons can be lost if you never pause. So if you're always quick reaction and quick to point out and just reacting to everything with this raw emotion and you never sit, you know, what's the, what's the whole thing is I'd, every, I'd love for everybody if ever have a problem is just to go to the beach and sit down with a, a drink in their hand with an umbrella, whatever your choice is, and just think about life and situations and things. That's the kind of thing, the pause that I'm talking about is give yourself time to pause it takes time and a lot of introspect and soul searching to get clear about what you really want to manifest in your life. And that I wrote that and I wanted to say it. And that's why I'm looking at the screen when I said it, because that is very, very important in my opinion. So how do you break the cycle? I kind of beat around the bush there. So I think to break the cycle, this triangle, you have to recognize two things. Delusion that lies are at the center of the triangle. So you have to realize that you're not solving the problem. You're reacting with emotion. And instead of recognize what the real true problem is, you're trying to solve it with emotion and finger pointing or helping someone along. The other one is false hope will never be filled as long as the cycle continues. So again, it's, you believe that you're on the right path and you're doing the right thing is a false hope that you're going to continue it, but it's just one vicious circle. So 
an example of that. I'll go to the weight loss so it doesn't offend anybody. <clears throat> I get on the scale in the morning and I feel like I'm overweight. I get on the scale and I see that, oh my gosh, I'm overweight. I've put on 10 pounds. Thanksgiving hit. I ate way too much. Not only did I have the turkey, but I had the, you know, the four servings of pumpkin pie or whatever it is. And that scale is looking at you and then anxiety sets in of, oh my God, I'm overweight. So then you react. I'm going to, doggone it, I'm going to join a gym membership and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And plan's in place and you don't do it. But you've made a plan and you're going to do this. Maybe you spent the money at, you know, Planet Fitness to go do that. And then you get on the scale and it's not moving. The anxiety bills, that, that's that persecutor, that scale looking back at you. So doggone, I'm going to do a plan. I'm going to go do this. And you might go work out once or twice, but then you're still eating terribly. And you get back on the scale and your anxiety sets in and depression sets in. And the longer this cycle continues, the harder and harder it is. And that's what a diet plan is in some senses is that it pulls you into it. So delusion and false hope. So I give a teaser here to the next one. So what is the opposite of victim? How do you get out of that? So I asked Eli this question. I was researching all this and he had the, the, the cool answer to his was a villain. A villain is the opposite of the victim. And I go, okay, let me, let me coach you through that a little bit. And that is, let me use wild E coyote and the Roadrunner. So Wild E. Coyote is the villain and the the Roadrunner is the victim. He's, you know, he really never gets caught or anything ever happens to him, but he is a victim because, you know, this road or this coyote is always trying to catch him. Wild E. Coyote is the villain. And what is he doing to become this villain? Well, if it's not a jetpack with roller skates or a hot air balloon with an anvil, he is searching for all these ideas and he is creating all of these contraptions to try to trap and I assume he wants a tasty treat of the Roadrunner. I know the the little um, brain clouds pop up of you know the Roadrunner on a on a rotisserie, you know, getting cooked. Anyway. So the opposite of a victim is a creator. Um, there's not really much negativity around someone that's trying to create things, uh, as long as you're not trying to create problems, and that obviously that goes around right the triangle, but creating things new and change is is the opposite. So you go from a victim to a creator with resilience. A creator focuses on the vision or an outcome. So you go from a persecutor to a challenger with assertiveness. The challenger provokes others to take action. The You go from a rescuer to a coach with empathy. A coach, you have to know that you're a creator and that you have to see others as creators. That'll change your mindset. Um, and it's very touchy. This, I mean, you can have all the good intentions in the world, and it, sometimes you just have to bow out on trying to change from the rescuer to the coach and example like I did four years I have to bow out nothing's working I can't be that coach role anymore um, but a coach seeks to help facilitate personal progress 
And if it's not being made, then you, that's that, that thin line of where you might be a rescuer. So anyway, so I'm hoping that we, you know, I'll build on this with a um, future podcast. I'm going to go ahead and wrap up today's with that. Um, as always, Eli, thanks um, for helping out. I couldn't do this without you. Um, and thanks for you for tuning in. I appreciate you for listening. Um, please make sure you subscribe, like, comment on, on the podcast or on the YouTube uh, channel. And until next time, get a feel for your future.